Good morning, church. So good to be with you. Hey, I just wanted to say thank you, church, um, for helping out the food bank. Those of you that participated, participated during the Lent season by collecting canned goods, and those of you who came out yesterday, over 30 of you came out. And um, we raised, uh, along with other groups, there was First Hawaiian Bank and another church, some Walmart employees, about 170 volunteers out there. We raised at Walmart Pearl City over $5,700 and over 2,000 pounds of food. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. And all this will make a difference to the hungry of Hawaii. And so thank you so much for doing that. Well, good morning, church. We continue our uh, series in the great stories of the Old Testament. And this morning, I want to look at the story of Joseph. And so if you have your Bibles, I, I think I encourage you to bring your Bibles. We're gonna, I'm going to start weaning you guys off of, um, off of the screen eventually, okay? So eventually, there's not going to be scripture on the screen. So bring your Bibles, all right? Okay, so um, we're in... Genesis chapter 37. Genesis chapter 37. And while you're turning there, let me set the scene up for you. Let me just provide you with a family tree of Joseph. This is Joseph's family tree. As you all know, in the beginning, God created heaven and earth and sea and all that is in it. And then God created humankind in his image. Adam and Eve, the first human of humankind. And then Adam and Eve had a son. His name is Seth. And then Seth, through his descendants, comes Noah. And we all know Noah through the story of Noah's Ark, right? Well, Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Well, Ham, through his descendants, come a very important person. His name is Terah. And Terah is important because Terah is the father of Abraham. And Abraham is the father of Isaac. And Isaac is the father of Jacob. And Jacob is the father of Joseph. In fact, Jacob had 12 sons. Jacob had 12 sons. And we all know that when you have more than one child, you should never show favoritism. That's just a big no-no. But Jacob wasn't paying attention when in class at Kapiolani Medical Center for Children and Women. And so he didn't pay attention. And so he has a favorite. Anyone guess who his favorite is? Yep, Joseph is his favorite. Joseph is his favorite son. And how do you think that makes his 11 other brothers feel? They are super jealous. They can't stand Joseph. They hate Joseph. They despise Joseph. Joseph gets on their nerves. And so this is where we start the story here. Listen carefully. Genesis chapter 37, beginning in verse 3, it says this. It says, now Israel, another, just a, another name for um, Jacob. So now Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other sons, because he had been born to him in his old age, and he made a richly ornamented robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to Joseph. 
And so one day, Joseph's brothers are out tending the flock. They're grazing the flock. And they've been out for some time. And so father is kind of worried. And so father wants to check up on them. And so father says, Hey, Joseph, my favorite son, my favorite son. Would you go do me a favor? Would you go and check up on your brothers? Make sure that they're doing okay. And, Jacob's, and Joseph's like, yeah, sure, dad, no problem. Consider it done. And so Joseph sets off looking for his brothers. And then he finally kind of finds the place where his brothers are. And his brothers, they see Joseph coming from a distance. And their blood begins to boil. They're like, here comes daddy's favorite wearing that ugly-looking robe. What a jerk! And they began to fume with rage. And listen, listen carefully to what happens next. Well, let me just say this. One of the brothers, he's, uh, he's uh, a little bit more um, gentle, because all the brothers are like, now's our chance. Let's go and take them out. Now's our chance. Let's go and kill him. But one brother, I'll call him Brother Kimo. Brother Kimo says, Hey, bra, no make. Come on, Larat. We go throw the bugger in the ditch and we go leave the bugger there. And the other brothers are like, dude, that's a great idea. And so listen carefully to what the brothers do. Beginning in verse 23 of chapter 37, the word of God says this. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the richly ornamented robe he was wearing. And they took him and threw him into the cistern. Now the cistern was empty and there was no water in it. And as they sat down to eat their meal, they looked up and saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead. Their camels were loaded with spices, balm, and myrrh. And they were on their way to take them down to Egypt. Judah said to his brothers, What will we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come, Let's sell him to the Ishmaelites. And so his own brothers, his own flesh and blood, they throw him into a ditch. Joseph is mistreated. He's unfairly treated. And then after he's thrown into the ditch, the brothers see a passing convoy. And as if throwing him into a ditch wasn't bad enough, The brothers sell him into slavery. His own flesh and blood, his brothers sell him into slavery. And in an instant, he's thrown into this deep, dark, evil world of human trafficking. The level of mistreatment that Joseph experienced at the hands of his brothers is heartbreaking and horrendous. 
Yet part of me isn't all that surprised. You see, the reality is that we live in a world where people mistreat people. We get mistreated all the time. We get unfairly treated all the time. Here's some examples. Ever been cut off on the road? Yep, me too. Me too. All of us are treated unfairly on a regular basis while driving. Here's another one. Maybe you've been invited to a potluck and you're like, I'm going to bring the steak or the ribs. And then you see this guy that brings a $3 bag of potato chips and you're like, in your mind, you don't say it out loud, but you're like, dude, that's so unfair. We get mistreated all the time. How about this one? Maybe you're in a job and your work is to deal deal with and serve customers. And everything is going well until that one rude customer comes in and ruins your day by mistreating you. Maybe you loan someone some money. They never paid you back. And you're like, that's so unfair. Maybe you did someone a favor, but they didn't return the favor. Instead, they treated you unfairly. Maybe a family member is holding a grudge against you or saying false accusations against you, and you did nothing wrong. You're innocent. You're being treated unfairly. Maybe you've invested a lot of time and energy into a friendship or a relationship, and they turn around and stab you in the back. And you're like, this is so unfair. I can't believe that I'm being treated like this. And I think you would all agree that what stings the most is when we are mistreated by those closest to us. When we are mistreated by, say, a close family member, or a close friend, or a close co-worker, or maybe, maybe even a close brother or sister in Christ. How do we respond when we are mistreated? How do we respond when we are treated unfairly? Now let me just say this. If you are the victim of criminal abuse, for example, physical abuse, domestic violence, sexual abuse, bullying, I want to implore you to seek help and safety from someone in authority. But with that being said, how do we respond to mistreatment? How do we respond when we are treated unfairly? Well, let's look at how Joseph responded. So Joseph is thrown into slavery, plunged into this deep, dark world of human trafficking. Well, this caravan arrives in Egypt. And again, he's plunged even deeper into human trafficking because he's sold again, this time to the highest bidder, and his name is Potiphar. And Potiphar is actually 
someone who works for the king of Egypt. He's an officer. He's a captain of the guard. Very important guy. And so he sold into Potiphar. And so Potiphar purchases Joseph. And so Joseph becomes a slave of Potiphar, his, his new master. Let's listen carefully to how Joseph responds. Chapter 39, beginning in verse 2. Listen carefully. It says this. It says, The Lord was with Joseph, and he prospered, and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in the eyes of Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. From the time he put him in charge of his household and of all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in his house and in the field. So he left in Joseph's care everything he had. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything, anything except the food he ate. God provided Joseph with two things when he was mistreated. The first thing God provided Joseph with is this, a promise. And the promise is this, I am with you. And then the second thing that God provides is an invitation. And the invitation is this, will you lean into me? Will you lean into me? Will you trust me? Will you remember that you are a child of God? Will you remember that you are of noble birth? And will you continue to behave and act like a child of God, even though you are mistreated? Will you lean into me? Will you continue to do the right thing, the right way, with the right spirit? Will you continue to lean into me? You see, Joseph could have wallowed in his mistreatment. Joseph could have thrown a woe is me pity party. Joseph could have played the victim card. Joseph could have become bitter and resentful. But, but instead, Joseph says, No, my circumstances do not define who I am and how I behave. God is with me, and I'm going to lean into God. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to remember that I am a child of God. I'm going to remember that I am of noble birth. I'm going to re and I'm going to remember to continue to do the right thing in the right way with the right spirit. I'm going to behave and act like a child of God. I'm going to lean into God. And the Bible says that God prospered Joseph. God granted Joseph favor. God gave Joseph success. But my guess is that even if God did not give him prosperity and success and favor, my guess is that Joseph would continue 
to live faithfully, unwavering. And he would continue to say, no, my circumstances do not define who I am and how I behave. I'm a child of God. And I'm going to lean into God. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to continue to behave and act like a child of God. I'm going to continue to do the right thing in the right way with the right spirit. That's Joseph. Well, continuing on in our story, Joseph is serving Potiphar's family, serving Potiphar faithfully, serving his new master faithfully. Joseph is faithful, day in and day out, absolutely faithful in carrying out his master's business. Day in and day out, absolutely faithful in doing the right thing, the right way, with the right spirit. Well, one day, Potiphar's wife makes an advance on Joseph. Potiphar's wife sees that Joseph is handsome and that he's well-built. And so she makes a move on Joseph. But Joseph resists her advances. Joseph says, nope, that's not right. And he resists her advances. Well, day in and day out, Potiphar's wife continues to seduce Joseph. And Joseph continues to resist, continues to say, no, this is not right, and refuses Potiphar's wife's advances. Well, one day, Potiphar's wife is livid. She can't believe that Joseph would refuse his advances. And so she wants to get even. And so she makes a false accusation against Joseph. And the accusation is sexual harassment. Potiphar, his master, has no choice but to throw Joseph in prison. And so Joseph is sitting in prison and he has done nothing. He has committed no crime. He's innocent. And again, we find that Joseph is mistreated. And again, we find that Joseph is treated unfairly. How do you think Joseph responded this time? Let's look. Chapter 39, beginning in verse 20. In fact, I want you to read for yourself. So let's read uh, this verse, these three, three or four verses out loud together. One big voice, all right? Ready? Let's read it together. Go. But while Joseph was there in the prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison ward, warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison, and he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph, 
and gave him success in whatever he did. Wow. Yet again, God provided Joseph with two things. One, a promise. I am with you. And then an invitation. Will you lean into me? Will you trust me? Will you remember that you are a child of God? And will you continue to behave and act like a child of God? Will you continue to do the right thing in the right way with the right spirit? Will you lean into me? And yet again, Joseph could have wallowed in his mistreatment. Joseph could have thrown himself a pity party. Joseph could have become bitter and resentful. But instead, Joseph said, no. My circumstances do not define who I am and how I behave. I am a child of God. God is with me, and I'm going to lean into God. I'm going to trust God. When someone mistreats you, the temptation is to temporarily stop being a Christian and to become bitter and resentful and then to find a way to get back at the person. The Bible says don't do it. When you are mistreated, remember, God provides you with two things. A promise, I am with you. And an invitation, will you lean into me? Will you trust me? Jesus says it this way in Matthew chapter 5, beginning in verse 43. Jesus says, You have heard that it was said, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be my sons and daughters of your Father in heaven. Jesus says when you are mistreated, you are to love and to pray. You are to love your enemies and you are to pray for those who mistreat you. And if there's anyone that, that earns the right to make that kind of statement, it's Jesus. Jesus was mistreated. Jesus was unfairly treated. Jesus was ridiculed, mocked, mistreated, and crucified on the cross. And he did nothing wrong. And how did Jesus respond? He didn't become bitter or resentful. Instead, he said, Father, I lean into you. Father, I trust you. Father, your will be done. Take a look at what 1 Peter chapter 2 says. It says, To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. 
Jesus committed no sin and no deceit was found on his lips. Then listen carefully here to what it says next. When they hurled their insults at Jesus, he did not retaliate. When Jesus suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He said, Father, I lean into you. I trust you. I entrust myself to you. Church, I know many of you have been mistreated. I've been mistreated too. I want you to remember that when you are mistreated, God will provide you with one, a promise. I am with you. And an invitation. Will you lean into me? Will you trust me? Will you remember that you are a child of God? And will you continue to behave and act like a child of God? Will you continue to do the right thing in the right way with the right spirit? Amen? Let us pray.